Did you know that yearly Medicaid renewals will start again soon? This means millions of people who were enrolled in Medicaid during the pandemic may no longer be eligible for coverage. If this may impact you, the good news is you have options. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield can help answer your questions so you can find an affordable health plan for you and your family. We want you to feel confident you're covered. Click to learn more. Policy exclusions and limitations apply. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is the trade name of Blue Cross Blue Shield Healthcare Plan of Georgia, Inc. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Dave Neal, stand-up comedian and host of Bachelor Nation News, and you are joining us for the Bachelor Rush Hour. That's right, folks. It is the finale of Bachelor in Paradise, part two tonight, the night we've all been waiting for, for probably too long, as some would say. The sun has set on the summer of 2022. It is cold. The frost has frozen. <laughs> is that what the frost does? It freezes? Anyway, it's a long time coming, and tonight we're going to see the finale of Bachelor in Paradise. I'm not going to bother you guys with any spoilers here, but I will share with you the trailer that is on Bachelor in Paradise's Instagram account. Have a listen. Put a ring. Do you want to get married right now? On the most chaotic. What really showed who you were. Twisty. Was that just not enough? Paradise finale. Are you dating Greg Rippo? Ever. Tonight on ABC and stream on Hulu. Imagine that. Tonight on ABC. That's right. ABC has pretty much gone away with spoiling the big question, which is who is dating who? We'll find that out tonight. Hey, it's not a spoiler if ABC shares it, folks. They want us to know. They want us to know. Speaking of uh, things that are already spoiled, Dancing with the Stars season 31 ended last night with Charlie D'Amelio taking away the Mirrorball trophy in second place. First place losers, as they call it, is Gabby Windy. But you have to say, look, Gabby beat Wayne uh, Brady, she beat Shangela, who, of course, is a drag performer, so plenty of performance experience. I'm so sick of people saying, well, so-and-so didn't have ballroom experience. It's like, who cares? They've all got their life experiences they brought onto the ball, uh, onto the main stage in the ballroom, and they performed their hearts out. But Charlie D'Amelio was the best by far. It, it almost made me want them to score, the like the rating system uh, makes it so that, like, you know, they don't give away like nines in the first couple weeks and then they don't give away any tens until like week three or four. But honestly, there were so many tens given because the dancers were so good. It almost makes you wish they were judging them more strictly. Therefore, like the last episode, we had Charlie and Gabby each had two different dances and they both scored perfect scores of tens from four different judges. So they both scored an 80. But Really, the difference between them was more like if Charlie, and again, this is my opinion, but if Charlie scored a perfect score of an 80, I feel like Gabby should have scored a 78. I feel like Gabby was not airtight as good as as good as Charlie, but I feel like in any other previous season, Gabby could have won. She could have won. So kind of tough on her that this was the season that she had to go against Charlie D'Amelio, who's not only, um, you know, dance trained, but also a lot younger and has that per like at that perfect age range to really knock it out of the park, accompanied by a great um, dancer. But anyway, if you haven't watched Dancing with the Stars, even though you know who won now, I say go watch. I mean, there were moments that were jaw-dropping spectacular. It's really such a progressive show that lets... It's so inclusive 
and in, in in its form. It doesn't it doesn't judge based on age. It doesn't judge based on looks. It's like, can you dance or not? Can you get it going on the ballroom or not? And it's really fun to witness. So anyway, I really enjoyed checking that out. As far as Bachelor in Paradise recaps go, I've got my recap up from last night. Uh, again, wasn't really an, an exciting part one of the finale. It was milked. So for all those that are lactose intolerant out there, get ready because the finale was milked and we've got a milked um, recap for you. But I've also got several other stories to get to today. I've got Caitlin Bristow apologizing to Sierra, which is pretty interesting because we, we know tonight that Sierra is for sure going to be calling out Danielle and Michael. So that story is going to continue to go down and um, we'll have to see what Danielle says. Um, you know, this is already pre-taped. I'm sure knowing what the kind of backlash she's already received, I know she would probably uh, wish to have her words back, but that's the world we live in. So we've got that going on. Um, there's also um, a YouTube video I released um, on Johnny Filippo, which is not on this version of the podcast. I just uploaded it. It's not on this podcast. So if you want to go check out that extra content, it's on YouTube. And then we've also got, geez, we have so much. What else do? Oh, we've got Kate Gallivan um, not apologizing for her behavior with Logan. And honestly, I haven't seen a story like this unify so many audience members before. Usually it's like, oh, well, he said, she said, no, everybody is sick and tired of Kate. So we're going to get into all of that right now. What the hell did we witness last night? I'm going to take notes, read them back to you. No edits, no jump cuts, just me, you, and some BS, some baloney, some malarkey. Okay, we expect the show to milk it. We know it's like, all right, they're going to milk this finale like it's the last milk on earth. They're beach-splaining how the whole season went as if we didn't personally sit through it all. Uh, this is what I hate about terrestrial TV. They assume you've never watched an episode. Previously on Coming Up Next, before you've seen it, something you've seen twice. It's like, we get it. Just tell us who throws the wine glass at each other. I refuse to recap the recap. Not on my watch. No, thank you. So basically, we have Brandon and Serene. They're the real deal. Everyone else is dramatic, okay? Everyone else is dramatic, except Michael and Danielle. But everyone else. But Michael brings drama, just something he didn't think he would bring. Subscribe to my channel to get that content right after this. I've got Sierra being, a, I have Caitlin Bristow's apology to Sierra because Sierra trash-talked Michael. It's a long lineage of who's who in the uh, the old apology circle here. Brandon and Serena, the real deal. I have to say, the overproduced recap was actually well done. Wells is really good at it, but it's still annoying. Funny to see the levels of deceit, despair, and dejection that happen in just a few short weeks. All right, last rose ceremony. Kate Gallivan says, if I accept this rose, it means I'm committing. And then I'll finish her sentence. To a low-income gym lifestyle. Does she accept a planet fitness world? That's the real question out here. Mara self-eliminates and everyone's like, bye. No one even gets up for her. They're so rude. Mara's like, obviously there's nobody here for me. And then like Flo and, and um, Shanae are like, yeah, there's no one here for us either. But uh, too bad these are twins, not triplets, because you can hang with these boys. Um, so uh, she self-eliminates. Uh, smart move to bounce. Grab a margarita to go for the flight home. You're out of there. Jesse tells everyone, no cocktail party. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, no cocktail party. And I'm like, wasn't the last month on the beach a just giant cocktail party? That's all it was. Genevieve is afraid she won't get a rose from Aaron, which is sort of genius that the show sequesters them because they're like, we don't want to tell them, you know, we don't want to give them the chance to have this conversation 
Uh, Tyler gives Brittany his rose. Let's see if we can find Tyler and Brittany. There they are. Tyler gives Brittany his rose. Then they try to make it out the way. So, so Serene and Brandon make out. And they do this tonguey, you know, tongue punch there, you know, different little tonsil hockey moves, right? And then everyone who kisses after that is trying to one-up the kiss. And it's like, come on, you got, no one can one-up the sexiness of Serena Brandon, but like, good try. So Tyler gives Brittany this big passionate kiss and, uh, and all that. Then Logan got stood up at the rose ceremony. Back to my guy, Logan, over here. And by the way, we've got another video with Kate not you know taking blame whatsoever we'll share that after this we'll get into that after uh but logan got stood up at the rose ceremony from kate which means logan has to leave logan said all he got in return was a stern talking to <laughs> he said shanae liked him for who he was hey maybe shanae and logan could uh rekindle a relationship if I were producers, um, I'd call Kate an Uber pool. Wouldn't that be fun if they're like, all right, Kate, we know you really like uh, quality and luxury. So here's an Uber pool. It's got like seven destinations before it gets to the airport. Kate's in the back of a pickup truck surrounded by like uh, farm animals. Kate said, dear God, bring me a grown man with a big, you know what, and a bigger bank account. Now they bleeped it out. So we don't know if she said that, but I'm assuming, and I know what happens when we assume, I'm assuming that Kate said, give me a guy give me a grown man with a big dick and a bigger bank account that's what i'm assuming she said i don't know she should have said give me a guy with a big tractor and a bigger bank account give me a guy with a a big um a big gym membership i don't really know exactly what she said but uh, it sounds like um kate doesn't know how to swim because she's hanging out in the shallow section uh, jesse tells everyone paradise is over time to make decisions I want to give Shanae and Flo Emmy Awards for pretending to like the twins. They did such a good job. Shanae and Flo are like cockroaches that survive a nuclear war. Bravo, ladies. Get them a spinoff. I would watch Shanae. I'd watch Shanae and Genevieve just going to talk to guys. Tyler tells Brittany he loves her. So let's go back to Tyler and Brittany here. And by the way, don't they look identical? Don't they look like twins that were just like lost at birth? Wouldn't that be the weirdest parent trap? It's like, oh, yeah, by the way, you guys are dating and you have the same dad. Uh, um, filming in Alabama. Oh, come on, South. Yeah, South will rise again when they're done with their family barbecue. All right. Um, is that a thing? Here we go. We're moving on. We're just uh, dividing and conquering all of you guys. All right. Uh, <clears throat> you love me for who I am. A New England elitist. Uh, so anyway, he tells her they love each other, then they leave. He said, I'm not ready to get married yet. Blah, blah, blue, blue, blue. Nobody cares. Shanae, I'll tell you what. If there's any relationship I don't care about, it's Brittany and Tyler. And you know what? They're both very likable people. But methinks it'll hit some rough patches tomorrow night. We'll have to see how that all goes. Shanae breaks down crying, says she's nervous and anxious. Let's see if we can find a photo of Shanae. We don't have that. That's flow, but it's close enough. We got a blonde. It's close enough. She, <laughs> she breaks down crying. She said she's nervous and anxious. And of course, that means she's about to dump somebody. Shanae says the age gap scares her and the fact he is living with his parents. And and then he's like, his voice starts to crack and he's like, oh, it's not a big deal. <laughs> it's like, okay, come on. Shanae says she feels like his fun, cool aunt, not his girlfriend. Hey, some guys are into their fun, cool aunts. You know what I mean? She says she's looking for a man, which would normally be emasculating, but she's kind of got a point. He's quite young. And I know some people say, oh, he's only two years younger than Logan. But a lot can happen in those two years. Like he's 24, which is, you know, just removed from getting his license. He's barely been to his sweet 16. You know what I mean? He can't rent a car yet is my point. If you can't rent a car, you're young. You know what I mean? Uh, Justin tells Joey that he's more of a man than Sinead could ever be. That was a weird moment, right? 
just let's see if we can find that. He goes, you're more of a man than she could ever be. And uh, Sinead's like, yeah, that's the point. Not to get all stuck in genders, but maybe Sinead, you know, maybe maybe Sinead could be more of a man than him. We'll, you know, time will tell. Um, Sinead isn't wrong for not wanting Joey. Um, like I said, they still live with their moms. It's a weird morning after for Sinead. You know, you can you can you can love moms cooking all you want, but not everyone wants wants Pilot Pete's mom serving pancakes in the morning. You know, some people like a quiet coffee by themselves. You know, staring in the reflection of the uh, microwave as they wait for their, uh, you know, pre-made, um, you know, I don't know, uh, Pop-Tarts to finish cooking, you know? They're trying to make a strudel. They're looking at the reflection saying, what have I done? You just banged a twin. That's what you did. Johnny and twins. Johnny and Victoria have their moving forward convo. Uh, do I have any of these photos? No, I don't. We just got Genevieve. And, anyway, close enough. So Johnny and Victoria have their moving forward convo. She says she wants a life with him. She says Johnny is safe and feels like home to her. Aaron and Genevieve chat. He says his main issue is... Whenever there is something wrong, she wants to leave, and it's scary for him because paradise is as easy as it will get. He says they need to be teammates. And, you know, that part makes sense. It makes sense that he doesn't want someone who's going to flight every time they fight. But then he dumps her, says he wishes her the best, and she walks away. No hug. She's furious. Yeah, it, it looked like uh, it looked like a weird business interview where you're like, um, um, I'll follow you on LinkedIn. Uh, the fight continues. I'll endorse you. Uh, the, as a toxic couple, um, if you're looking for, if you're looking to hire a toxic couple, this LinkedIn relationship is for you. The fight continues. Uh, by the way, I feel bad for anyone who actually relies on LinkedIn for career success. Get out of there. You're just a cog in the machine. No, I'm kidding. Uh, this episode is sponsored by LinkedIn. Uh, the fight continues after the commercial break. She hates how he dumped her. He says he wishes her the best, which it's never well. It never goes well in a, when a relationship's over and you start um, wishing the other person well. I hope your career takes off. Oh, F you. Yes, it doesn't work out. Um, the fight continues. Uh, he, he says he promises he won't stop her. Okay, so this is where it gets sad. He says he wishes her the best. She claims he's trying to rewrite the story. He says he promises he won't stop her if she walks away. And she said she promises she doesn't want him to burn all right then danielle and michael are the complete opposite of aaron and jen danielle says she dreams of the day she walks down the aisle she dreams of the day she walked down the steps and found michael they discuss their losses and how they're different but a part of them you know it's you know they discuss their losses and how they're different people but it, the losses are a part of them they're they're gonna leave together and see how they do in the real world probably the most practical ending you could have imagined uh, you know, he, I, I'm assuming he didn't want to propose till she meets his son. What if his son's like, I don't like her at all? You know, it's kind of like, oh, well, well, Johnny, you better learn to because uh, daddy likes her a lot. Daddy, daddy like. <laughs> all right. Then they talk about the most memorable moments. Uh, Serene and Brendan and Victoria and Johnny had this nice little like lovers group date. And then um, they said their most memorable mo moments for Serene and Brandon is when they both peed in the pool together. That's how you know they're so likable and that they talked about uh, peeing in the pool and people are like, oh, aren't they so sweet? And, um, you know, Logan's like, and I tried to do that and they didn't like it. When Johnny called Victoria Caroline, that was the Johnny and Victoria sweet moments. When Johnny met Victoria, he called her the wrong name, which, by the way, was probably a smart move. I know he didn't mean to do it, but I'm sure Victoria's like, oh, this man's hard to get. He doesn't even know my name. He's like, oh, sweet Caroline. Victoria says she can see Johnny being the father of her children. All right, she's pulling the goalie. Let's do it. 
they do a fantasy suite thing, um, you know, kind of a, and end the season with a weird fantasy suite. Serene and Brandon are so secure, it's boring to watch, and I mean that respectfully. And then big cliffhanger ending. So that's where it ends. Of course, we know tonight's going to be chaos. I'm going to have a live stream for you at 10 p.m. East Coast. And now we've got Kate Gallivan digging herself deeper into a hole. Let's have a listen. Kate Gallivan blames the edit she has received after getting scorched, torched, and roasted from just about everyone in Bachelor Nation. Do me a favor, follow me on Instagram at dneals for stand-up show updates. I'm also live on patreon.com slash Dave Neal for private behind-the-scenes bonus content. Bachelor Rush Hour for all of your podcast needs. Every afternoon, Bachelor Rush Hour. All right, so let's jump right into it. We posted this story a few days ago. Kate renews unlikability pledge. Logan's response wins. She was like, bet you can't enjoy this vacation in Cabo. And then Logan was like, actually, a Costco a Costco uh, travel membership will get me there. And, and he slaps back and he wins. And so this time, she actually takes to Twitter to issue a statement. You never want to issue a statement on Twitter when you're not liked. You're just giving a home for everybody to continue to dump all over you. So I'm going to read what she said in Logan's response. And I got to tell you, Logan's response wins again. So stick around to hear what he had to say. Here's what Kate, and before I share what Kate said, just as a reminder, Kate had basically created a class issue where she said Logan's too poor. It's it wasn't that he doesn't have a job or, or he's living with his mom. She was saying he can't live up to the standard of life I want to live. Some people are defending Kate here. It's not the idea of wanting the best for yourself and to date within a certain class. It's not the idea. It's saying it out loud. It's not even really knowing truly what Logan has to offer, but just knowing based on material goods, a gym membership and a car, what he could offer. So she said this, I've sat back and been silent and laughed, cried and and cringed with the rest of y'all this season. Okay. So here she is. She's talking about, she's cringed at some of the things she said. Sure. So now let's get to the part where she says, I'm deeply sorry for whatever I've said, but I can't stay silent on this. There were so many pivotal moments that weren't included that ultimately led me to make that decision. But I guess that's showbiz, baby. And let me tell you something. Nobody sticks up for her except for a few of her cast members. Nobody. Someone said, you just posted shady stuff about him three days ago. So how much is showbiz actually hiding with this sweet, friendly personality? My thought with it all is, as we like to dissect humor or the attempt at humor, is that she's probably a ton of fun, kind of like a Victoria. Queen Victoria thought she was a ton, ton of fun. Queen Victoria was like, oh, I'm, I'm just having fun. I'm calling everyone bitches and hoes. My, my girls back home love this. Maybe they do. Maybe they do, but it doesn't always translate that way. So she uh, she probably gets a lot of laughs for being like, sister in Christ, I need a man who does this. And the girl's like, oh yeah, you do need a man who does that. And everyone else who's watching it isn't seeing it as as a man who, that, want, that they aren't seeing it that she wants someone who can live up to her standard. They're seeing it as someone who's better than others. And everyone who's watching has dealt with people that feel better than them, right? Unless you're a billionaire, you've always got somebody, a friend who comes from a trust fund or privilege or got a great job that they're just rubbing it in your face and you're trying so hard. So I feel like that's why the audience has gotten so bad. Someone said, showbiz, are you implying that this perception of you was pushed by producers? Because a lot of the gold digging comments came directly from your mouth. You don't deserve Logan or anyone for that matter if all you care about is how big the bag that they're bringing home is. 
It's one thing to joke around, but when it was repeated and you were on the fence about Hayden on top of not allowing Logan to go on a date with Lindsay, just seems like you used Logan to stay on Paradise to hopefully meet a man with a big dick and an even bigger bank account. Of course, we don't know for sure that she said she wanted a guy with a big dick or a bigger bank account, but that was what was bleeped out, and I think um, I think that was probably what she was saying. She could have said she wanted a man with a, I don't know, big areolas, but I think I'm pretty sure we know what, um, what body part she was speaking of. Um, she said, on it. someone said, honestly, you came off as really bossy, controlling, acted like you were better than him. I don't even know how he stuck with you with you that long. As far as I'm concerned, you used him to stay on the island as long as you could. Shame. Game of Roses center claps. Now, of course, Game of Roses looks at this pretty much primarily as a sport. And as a sport, Kate Gallivan did a lot in the limited time she was there to make a lot of waves. So to that, you could credit her. But is it, is it worth the squeeze? Um, and here's what um, uh, Bachelor Fantake created um, when she said, when was I even mean to him? Here's what Bachelor Fantake put together. I feel like you're disappointed and critical and frustrated with me constantly. Critical? She's like, I'm not critical at all. Critical. He said that I'm Jump critical Jump and that I look down on him, which I said was completely untrue and Show us the base. critical part. Name a moment where I was critical of you. Okay, Behold. Show. 26 years old, Critical. not established, Critical. drives an orange Honda, expecting me to read his mind because he's a child. Okay, I'm an adult. So she goes critical, critical, critical. So uh, Bachelor Fantic does a fantastic job there applying the uh, answer to her rhetorical question. When am I critical? He's like, oh, well, let's get the receipts. All right. And of course, you know, that's not the full story. But Logan, no stranger to um, being hated online, you know, bullied, uh, you know, which he has been. He's dealt with... Uh, mental health struggles has been a whirlwind of a year for Logan. I mean, he was not well liked um, by a lot of people on Bachelorette. We have short memory. We don't remember this, but he had to deal with a lot for his own mental health and sanity. He said, I want to thank everyone for the support I'm receiving. But he also said this, and this is that this is the telling part into someone's character. I also want to remind people that the people on your screen are growing, feeling humans who read the terrible messages you send them. I know I was reading them a few months ago. Spoil people with support and don't bother using your time to send a hateful message or comment to anyone. So here's the deal. Logan was dumped by Kate in a similar fashion that Rachel was dumped by Logan. When Rachel was dumped by Logan, what did she do? She well, was very quiet at first, but then the fear and the anger and everything kicked in, the bitterness, the resentment, all that kicked in. She travels to Bachelor in Paradise to warn all the other women about Logan. To which on the beach, Victoria and other women were like, Logan's been actually pretty fine to us. So we've got Rachel's response to getting dumped. You could say in an actual nicer way than Kate. The way Kate dumped Logan was in front of all of their peers, right? She did it in public. Logan dumped Rachel, by, I, I believe, right? by in, in a private moment right there. Of course, it was on TV. So my point being is that how we see people deal with adversity, in this case, getting dumped, says a lot about their character. That doesn't mean Rachel's a bad person. Talking about Rachel Recchia here. It doesn't mean she's a bad person. It just means she's probably not used to being dumped. And someone like Logan, you know, he's probably used to being dumped because if you're a guy like Logan who goes on a bunch of dates, you meet people, sometimes it goes well and sometimes it doesn't. I'll tell you what, in my 20s, I almost used to being dumped. It still sucked, but you'd be like, all right, you know, you gotta have a beer with your buddies, shake it off, and try to meet somebody who gets you. And that's what it all comes down to. I can relate to this class system thing here. I mean, I grew up in the in my 20s living in New York City with a business degree pursuing acting 
stand-up comedy and improv comedy. So I grew up knowing when I met someone and they say, oh, what do you do? And I would tell them they would either like me for who I am or be like, "Eh, no. I mean, I was literally dumped by somebody because they looked at my career path and they just didn't get it. And that's okay. People want different things. They want security. They want adventure. Everyone wants different things. I'm sure everyone's day-to-day struggling uh, artist or musician or comedian, whatever. You you date them, you go, oh my gosh, never again because it's a tough world until it's not, until somebody gets you, until you can kind of pursue life together and, and achieve good things together. When it comes to Logan, he's being judged in a way where like, Logan's gonna be okay. He's funny. And let me tell you something. In, in the world I live in, having the emotional intelligence to have humor in tough situations is far better than anything in your bank account. I truly believe that. For Logan to be able to walk into a room anywhere and have a meaningful conversation and connect with people meaningfully is way more important, I believe, to the hierarchy and like if everything if everything gets wiped away, if a Bitcoin goes away and bank accounts and everything goes away, somebody like Logan is going to do better over a longer period of time than somebody like Kate as far as what we've seen on the show because he's got those social skills where, where Kate seems to have people backing her up, like friends backing her up, but, you know, they don't get to see the side of her. That's judgy because we don't always treat our friends the same way we treat people we would be pursuing. So here are some comments. I can't think of anyone who does social media better than Logan. He's definitely smarter and more charming than the edit they gave him. How did this show make me root for Logan when that definitely wasn't their intention? The first few episodes of Bachelorette, he seemed super smarmy, but Logan seems just like a chill dude, fully in tune with his mental health. His Bachelorette farewell post, while confusing, giving he left maybe question mark because of COVID, was very self-aware and mature. I also think... I also still think his breakup with Rachel, which was understandably hard for her, the words he used were intentional and not meant to be hurtful. Or maybe he just waved a spell on me and I'm charmed by his funny social media. I'm fully accepting that as a possibility. No, the truth is the edit can only do so much for you. And in the long term, people will get to know your true personality. And if Kate's got a better personality than was shown on the TV, then we'll check that out. I mean, I personally liked Kate from the get go. Uh, someone said, I've really come around on Logan. I trust the women on the beach more when they were like, he's been a chill guy who's been really nice than I do Gabby and Rachel slagging him off. Yeah, he might be an idiot, but he's shown humor, introspection, and kindness post-filming that I appreciate. Yeah, that comes from a place of being publicly shamed. I mean, he had to deal with it. And a lot of people don't remember, but just a few months ago, he had to deal with a lot of that. And uh, Kate might not be uh, great at apologizing within the Bachelor world, but somebody that's good at an old apology is Caitlin Bristow. Let's have a listen. Sierra got dumped by Michael on Bachelor in Paradise. Michael said a lot of platitudes when you dump someone. He's like, it's not you, it's me. Um, I'm not over my act, my widow, I'm a widow, you know, all these different things, right? And then... Sierra got to watch as Michael found this love story with Danielle. And of course, Sierra feels, you know, bitter because she feels like she was led along. She feels like he didn't really like her. That type of deal, right? So now on the podcast Off the Vine, Caitlin Bristow. In fact, let's just play what Caitlin said. And then I'm going to read the apology. I know we've played this a million times. Have a quick listen. I feel like, again, the fact that we're just, you know, I would like to see more of you and Michael, but I feel like you two have a very healthy relationship on our screens right now. There's been really no drama for you, except for the fact that what's her face is trying to say like, but in three days he led me on and there was a bigger plan. And I've got receipts and I'm like, but if you have receipts, that's fine. Like show them. Yeah, show them. I, in my opinion, I have never talked to her 
And this is where he gets dodgy, right? She So she calls her what's-her-face and very dismissive, and they do that kind of third-person voice. Well, why don't you show it like that type of deal? Oh, you know, woe is me. And it's very invalidating, and that's how it is. Now, like I've said before, like I've said before, Sierra could have made a concise statement and not spoke again on it and taken the high road. She didn't. She kind of did a lot of quotes and this and that and whatever. But there's really no place, as we've seen in the PR world of Bachelor Nation, there's no place for Danielle to slam Sierra. She just needs to move on with Michael and not mention it. But of course, it's a podcast. So Caitlin's good at drawing out interesting topics. And the most interesting thing about Danielle and Michael right now is this ongoing feud, which will hit its peak tonight, Tuesday night, tonight. I'll have a live stream at 10 p.m. tonight after the episode for probably about an hour. Um, I'm expecting a lot of people to show up to that. We're going to see all of the scenarios play out. Victoria and Johnny, we're going to see their discussions. We're going to see whatever what happened with um, excuse me, uh, Tyler and Brittany. I don't think anyone cares, but we're going to get that story, which I think gets pretty heated tonight. We're going to get Sierra confronting Michael and Danielle. That's going to happen tonight. So while it spills onto the streets, we're also going to get that version on the show tonight in the, um, the after reunion show. So Sierra posted this, uh, leaving these here. And this was Sierra's uh, response to Caitlin and Danielle trash talking her, saying, um, uh, you know, comments that other people said. Then Sierra said, in her words, for clarity, I'm over Michael and have been. That is why I don't understand why I'm a point of topic for them. Those who keep get saying, get over it, it's comical because I'm in a relationship. But damn near 40 and hating on a 27 year old that also had your man, goodbye. My feelings are valid. I don't like, like I said before, I don't like. Uh, saying damn near 40 and hating on a 27 year old. I don't think that's relevant to the conversation, but either way, Caitlin received a lot of heat for this and she issued her apology. Here it is. Sierra, I am deeply sorry. I have been reflecting for a few days and I see where I went wrong. I sent you a DM a couple days ago and one now on Instagram. Would love to apologize offline and to you personally. So this is a pretty good apology by Caitlin because she says she's deeply sorry and she also does it on the public sphere. And call it um, performative because everything online is, but at the same time, it's a good performance by her because she's saying i sent you a message a couple days ago i want to apologize privately and also here you know that type of deal and um so far i don't believe has received a response yet um so others had commented i'm so confused with this apology be respectful when you spoke on your platform of bachelor nation people especially when you know the show and how it works you can be happy for michael and danielle but respect sierra will you apologize if nobody called you out and of course, my response to that's always like, no, you don't apologize if no one calls you out because your barometer doesn't know that it's wrong. Like, you don't know you took a wrong turn until it says rerouting, you know? So this was Caitlin Bristow's rerouting moment. Um, a couple of the comments had reflected the criticism, which, by the way, I'm I'm making this story because it's interesting. I'm not that critical of Caitlin. I understand exactly what happened. I'll get into that in a second. But someone said, this is classic Caitlin. She says something that is incredibly rude and uncalled for, and then the backlash starts to hit her. She apologizes a couple days later to save face, and then she'll do the same thing a month later. It's rinse and repeat for her. Others have commented, I don't love Caitlin, but don't understand this critique. Obviously, ideally... She wouldn't get herself into hot water in the first place, but it's the appropriate response to backlash, not an apology. Would you rather she double down? So instead, apology is just words if you don't follow through with actions. And that's what I disagree with. No, what's her action going to be? Never trash talk again? 
Like, I don't think that's possible. Caitlyn's got an abrasive personality type, which I love. Same thing about like a Katie Thurston. I love these people that speak their mind. They're going to get it wrong once in a while. Just like a comic will get it wrong. They'll bomb. They'll say something offensive. They'll get it wrong. It's not the pursuit of doing something wrong that makes something wrong. It's the accidental um, Caitlyn. And they go, oh, Dave, you're an apologist. No, think about it. Caitlyn, uh, in her conversation, and when she's at her best, she's defending her friend. So she's having a friendly conversation. If this was behind closed doors, her and Danielle would be like, man, that crazy ex, blah, blah, blah. Have you never had a conversation with a friend? Have you never conversed with a friend and, 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 and slammed the other party? Now, where it gets dodgy is it's not just a private conversation. It's being done on a podcast. So your fans will also support you or others will see that you've kind of got a um, um, a, a one-sided view on things. And of course, uh, you can cast a large wake. Collateral damage in this case would be the judgment on Sierra uh, by Danielle, who is the happily ever after. Danielle's the, wo- the woman who, quote unquote, won this situation. And the only way to truly win is to just not address the haters um, that were there before you, you know? So I can totally understand why people are taking both sides of this story. I, for one, like the old middle ground Dave that I am, can see that Sierra could be upset, but at the same time can understand that Danielle's like, come on, I've had him for a thousand times longer. I've got the real deal. You know, you only got, you know, whatever. All right, well, we rounded it up for you today. That's all the news, and we're going to have a ton to get into tomorrow. Let me tell you something. We are going to be going full steam into this Thanksgiving weekend. So lots to talk about. Hey, if you're new to my content and haven't checked me out live, I'll be performing actually at Go Bananas in Cincinnati tomorrow night, Wednesday night. I'll probably give the Patreon a clip of that. I will probably record the video and give it to the Patreon. It'll probably be a short set. And then Saturday night, I'll be in Newport, Rhode Island at Rejects Beer Co. Um, there's a link in the description of this podcast, linktree.com slash Dave Neal, if you want to get tickets to that. Newport, Rhode Island, 8 p.m. Saturday, November 26th. And then I'll be in New York City, I believe, December 1st and 2nd for stand-up shows there. Also, link in the description for that. All right, folks. Well, that's that's been me. <laughs> I've been Dave Neal. Uh, let's see how tonight goes. If you're checking this out on Tuesday... Make sure to tune into the live stream tonight at 10 p.m. for a live after show reaction, 10 p.m. East Coast time on the YouTube channel. We'll see you then. This has been Bachelor Rush Hour.